I'd like to welcome everyone to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am your host, Greg Schutz. This is episode 26 of the 2022 podcast series, where we take a look at the draft-eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft, and we are now in the home stretch. NFL draft is less than a week away. It's the weekend prior to the draft, which takes place Thursday, April 28th in Las Vegas, Nevada. And what we've been doing to get ready for the draft is six podcasts in six days. Last podcast was our first defensive podcast, ramping up for the draft, talking about the edge rushers and the defensive linemen, the defensive tackle specifically. This podcast, we're actually going to focus on the linebackers. A lot to talk about here. Uh, I think there's really a lot of value in all three days of the draft, I think we're going to be seeing some players that are going to be coming out of here. And I'll tell you what, if you look at last year's draft, we had just 20 linebackers come off the board, true linebackers, not you know edge rushers, true linebackers. I throw Micah Parsons into that mix, uh, even though he was a guy that was getting after the quarterback quite a bit for Dallas was the defensive rookie of the year. Look, he, you know, Dallas was able to stay put there at number 12, missed out on the corners, still ended up getting Micah Parsons. Zayvon Collins is going to be a, a big contributor there for, for the Cardinals. Jamin Davis still looking to kind of rebuild there with, with Washington. And then uh, after that, you've got, you know, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, kind of an undersized linebacker. Some people thought that he was coming off the board in round number one. We saw that he fell to round two. Kind of an undersized guy. What happens with N'Kobe Dean? We'll take a look at that. Uh, you know, Nick Bolton, another guy that we thought was going to come off the board in round one. I, I think, you know, his undersized nature, he fell to round number two as well there to the Chiefs, but a guy that definitely, uh, you know, started for for the Chiefs. And, and so he's a guy that I think is going to end up playing, playing well there for, for a long time in KC. Uh, Pete Werner for the Saints came off the board in round two. Ernest Jones for the Rams in round three. I think Baron Browning has a nice future for the Broncos there. He was a third-round pick. Uh, so a, a lot of guys to, to talk about in this year's draft as well. Um, I think this might be a little bit of a, of a stronger draft in terms of depth, although you know not so much at the top of the draft. We had three linebackers come off the board in round number one, um, you know, which actually is, is kind of down from, from the, the 2020 draft where we actually saw four uh, come off the board in round one. If you'll remember that 2020 draft, that was when we had Isaiah Simmons, Kenneth Murray, Jordan Brooks, Patrick Queen, all guys who are starting for, for their teams uh, in 2021 and beyond. Um, and then one year before that was when we saw you know Devin White, Devin Bush uh, come off the board in round number one as well. So a lot to get to. Let's go ahead and jump into things right now. And the number one linebacker that I have coming off the board, true linebacker, not, you know, talking about edge rushers or what have you, and, and that's Devin Lloyd out of Utah. I think this is a number one linebacker, 6'3", 237 pounds, and, you know, he's a converted safety, but here's the thing, for the Utes, he showed off his his versatility, you know, filling the stat sheet, 111 tackles this past season, 22 going behind the line, seven sacks, four interceptions, two of which were returned for touchdown, six pass breakups. He has the range to, to cover the field sideline to sideline, but is also effective slipping blocks, coming downhill and disruptive against the run. He'll blitz you through the A-gap. He'll bend off the edge as a stand-up defender, and he'll even put his hand in the dirt, rushing the passer as well. Also shows that ability to drop into coverage and handle duties against the tight end, um, you know, which I, I think if I'm looking at, at the New England Patriots, I think that's something that they absolutely need. But, but you know, 
Devin Lloyd is, is one of the, the fun players uh, to watch uh, in, in the Pac-12. Uh, so it's one of those things to where I think a lot of people out on the, the East Coast and the Midwest may not necessarily have gotten a chance to see this guy, but three straight seasons, double-digit tackles for loss, a guy that lives behind the line of scrimmage. We saw him really break out, have a four-interception season in 2021, so the first year that he was really attacking the football. Uh, but you know, when you look at the New England Patriots, he feels like a guy that would definitely fit in with what uh, Bill Belichick wants to do. And when you look at that linebacking group, Mac Wilson's on the roster. They traded with Cleveland, sent Chase Winovich away. And uh, so they have a linebacker there on, on the inside. Cam McGrone, Anthony Jennings on the roster as well, along with Raquan McMillan. But, you know, I, I think this is a, a team that likes to load up at the linebacker position. And when I look at Devin Lloyd, the versatility that he brings, I think the Patriots sitting there at uh, uh, number 21 overall makes a lot of sense yeah, to snag him. Number two on my list is going to be uh, Nicobe Dean. And, and when you look at Nicobe Dean, this is a guy, you know, who, Buckus Award winner and one of the more intelligent players out there on the football field. Back-to-back uh, -back seasons with, with, with seven, 70 tackles, had 10.5 tackles for loss and six sacks this past season. Probably the best blitzing linebacker, times his blitzes so well, shoots through the gap, and uh, once he does that, he is, he's like a heat-seeking missile going after the quarterback. Shows really good ability to slip blocks and get into the backfield and affect some of those run plays. And uh, he can drop into coverage a little bit, five pass breakups this past season as well. Two interceptions, one of which he returned for a touchdown. Um, and when I look at, at where Nicobe Dean could fit, I, I mentioned the fact that there's a chance that he may not come off the board in round one because of his lack of overall size, his arm length, just 31 and 7 eighths inches. You, know, you worry about that a little bit you know, versus a guy like Devin Lloyd, who's 6'3", 237, 33-inch arms. Um, you know, Nicobe Dean didn't run at the combine, so people were a little disappointed there, uh, not being able to see exactly what he was going to run. But when I look at like the, the Detroit Lions, sitting there at number 32 overall. If he does end up going off the board in round number one, I know Tennessee is another team, but I think Tennessee is really going to go wide receiver uh, when it's all said and done. I think Christian Watson uh, out of North Dakota State really makes a lot of sense for Tennessee there. But, you know, Tennessee, I wouldn't rule them out taking a linebacker, especially when you talk about, you know, the fact that Zach Cunningham may be on his way out. So you pair up Nicobe Dean with David Long. I think that does make some sense. Um, but again, I think they go wide receiver. Uh, the Lions, though, um, Alec Anzalone is a guy that definitely fits in with what uh, Dan Campbell wants to do. They do have uh, Jared Davis back, uh, but a guy who's kind of been up and down, kind of a, a, a disappointment of sorts. Uh, they have Derek Barnes on the roster as well. I think he's a guy that's up and coming, but he's still learning the position. So I think Nicobe Dean could potentially find his way uh, onto the field there in round number one um, if he is ultimately drafted there by uh, Detroit. But I'm looking also at round two and number 40 overall, you're talking about the uh, Seattle Seahawks. And when you're talking about the Seahawks, obviously we know what happened to their middle backer. Uh, you know, Bobby Wagner's gone. They need to fill the, the middle of that defense. And so N'Kobe Dean would absolutely, absolutely be a guy that could fit in there as well. So next guy coming off the board, we end up transitioning to the second round, and I'm looking at another Georgia Bulldog, you know, and that's going to be Quay Walker, uh, you know, a guy who I think is pretty versatile as well. Um, 
you know, a lot of you know, those Georgia players, man, just talk about versatility. 6'4", 241, ran a 4'5", 240 at the Combine, so definitely has some tremendous speed. A guy who also has lateral agility to cover the field sideline to sideline. Uh, you know, very intelligent, able to slip those blocks, much like N'Kobe Dean on the inside. And I'm looking at the Washington Commanders, and here's kind of what my, my thinking is. They already picked up Jamin Davis. I don't think they're going to go with the linebacker, obviously, in round one and take Devin Lloyd. But what you can get with with uh, with Quay Walker is a guy that can come in there. And obviously, with with not only Davis, but you have Cole Holcomb on the roster as well. Uh, and you put that trio together, I think that gives you a lot of speed at that linebacker position. And uh, guys with a lot of range and versatility, guys that can play inside and out. Um, so I really like that pick there in round number two to the Washington Commanders, number 47 overall, the pick that they got from Indianapolis. Next on my list is uh, actually an you know an Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, looking at uh, you know Christian Harris, and obviously the Eagles are in need of, of linebackers. And uh, when you talk about uh, Philly and what they have, I know that they like T.J. Edwards there as the mic. They've got Hassan Reddick, who's going to be a, a pass rusher uh, more so than anything else. But you know they, they need to improve their linebacker play, and so if you have Reddick, you have Edwards, and then you add in Christian Harris, and you've got a guy who you know, plays very well downhill. There's no question about that. You know, and when you look at at what he did at the combine, I think that absolutely checks off that box. You know that he has that tremendous speed, four 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 forty coming downhill at six foot, two hundred twenty six pounds. Guy who can power clean four oh five, according to Bruce Feldman with his his freaks list. But where I worry about Christian Harris, you know, he does attack downhill. He is able to uh, chase some guys down from behind. I worry about him in coverage. That's really where I think he can get exposed, and that's the part that I worry about. But I, I think if you look at, at what the Eagles need, they need one of those guys, you know, another uh, athletic linebacker, and I think Christian Harris could absolutely be, be that guy. Channing Tindall, to me, I think is the next guy coming off the board after that. You know, and you're talking about three Georgia linebackers taken in in the first two rounds of the draft. Insane. And I'll tell you, before we talk about Channing Tindall, who's 6'2", 230 pounds, I, I want to talk about his fit. And I'm looking at the Atlanta Falcons sitting there at 58 overall. Atlanta's going to be looking for guys that you know can can get after the passer. And, and Channing Tindall's a guy that can absolutely do that. He has tremendous speed, ran a 4'4", 7'40", 42-inch vertical leap as well. So this dude's a tremendous athlete, very explosive. And you see his, his ability to run sideline to sideline, but he's a guy that I think can also get after the quarterback. And that's ultimately what Atlanta's looking for. Uh, you know, seven and a half tackles for loss, five and a half sacks, 67 tackles. This was a guy that really wasn't starting for them uh, for much of the season. So I, I look at Channing Tindall. I, I think because there isn't quite as much wear on those tires, he'll be able to come in and, and make an impact right away. And you look at that linebacker position. Uh, you know, I know that they have you know Deion Jones. There's Michael Walker there as well. They brought in uh, Rashawn Evans, but I honestly think that this is a guy who can both play inside and out. And if you're looking at that outside linebacker position, obviously we know that they brought in uh, Lorenzo Carter to put some pressure on the quarterback. But I, I think you know, especially when you've got you know Adetokounmpo, uh, Oyedeji, um, you know, so Adia Ogundeji is sitting there. Um, this is a guy that can come in there and battle with him and potentially be a guy that can come off the edge as well. Um, but 
He'd be a, a nice depth piece there at, at inside backer. But again, linebackers who can get after the quarterback. I think Atlanta just needs to continue to find guys who can put pressure on the QB because they, they've struggled at that, uh, at being able to do that for so long. Staying on day two, but transitioning to round number three. And we're going to talk about Chad Muma. 6'3", 239 pounds. This is a guy for, for Wyoming. He reminds you a lot of, of Logan Wilson. Uh, not quite the, the athlete that, that Logan Wilson was, but absolutely productive. That's one of the things that you can definitely say. 142 tackles this past season, eight tackles for loss for the second consecutive year, three interceptions, two of which went for touchdown. This is a guy who, who has tremendous range, sideline to sideline. A guy that I know, you know, like I mentioned, you know, can drop into coverage as well. Uh, and then that pass rush ability. Ran a 4.6340 at the combine, 40-inch vertical leap. So we know this guy is absolutely explosive. And so look, if the Lions don't end up taking N'Kobe Dean in round number one, they can wait until round three and get Chad Muma falling right into their laps. You know, I think that's definitely something to keep an eye out for. Um, you know, another team there in round number three that you can absolutely keep an eye on, the New York Giants. You know, this is a team that's, that's sitting there. Uh, they have Blake uh, Martinez, you know, take Crowder's on the roster, but I think you can add some, uh, you know, some additional uh, athleticism there to that linebacker position. The Giants sitting there at number 67 overall. And I'll mention one other team, and that's the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos, I, I think, are continuing to, to look to add uh, more speed to that inside backer position. I know Josie Jewell was re-signed. They've got Baron Browning, Justin Sternot on the roster, brought in Micah uh, Kaiser as well. But I, I think this is a home. That would be a great pick, uh, getting Chad Muma there in round number three. Uh, you know, a guy that is, is versatile, three-down backer, a guy that can drop into coverage, can get after the quarterback and play sideline to sideline against the run. Uh, so I, I really like that pick for Denver as well. Uh, staying in round three, and we're actually going to transition to the Big Ten. And I'm looking at Leo Chennault coming off the board to the Minnesota Vikings at number 77 overall. First with Leo, 6'3", 250 pounds, out of Wisconsin. This dude is an athletic freak. You know, at, at 262 pounds, uh, you know, that was his playing weight there with the Badgers. This was a guy that was playing all over the field. You know, a, a guy that comes downhill in a hurry, uh, surprising lateral agility. He can drop into coverage a little bit as well, but he looks to be a lot, you know, like a, a thumper coming downhill. Ran a 4.5340, 40 and a half inch vertical leap. This dude is just an athletic specimen. I think, you know, if you get him in there and you allow him to to work on his cover coverability because of his athleticism, I think he can absolutely uh, drop into coverage. But look, you know, with Wisconsin, you know, they had Jack Sanborn there at the other linebacker spot, but Leo Chennault absolutely was the star. 115 tackles, 18 and a half going for loss, and then those eight sacks. So when I'm looking at Minnesota and I'm trying to figure out exactly um, you know, who they were going to be taking, you, know, you look at that inside backer position, and yes, they brought in Jordan Hicks, but I think Eric Kendricks is starting to get a little bit older, uh, and he's one of those guys to definitely keep an eye on. Uh, but if you get a linebacker that can put pressure on the quarterback, that's going to obviously help you know, Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith on the outside. So I, I definitely love that pick too. Minnesota in round number three uh, gets them going in the right direction from a pass rush perspective, which then takes us to probably the most versatile player in this entire draft, regardless of position, and that's Troy Anderson out of Montana State. And what position didn't this guy play for the Bobcats? He shows up, big sky freshman of the year, uh, and started both at, at running back and at linebacker uh, in 2018. They have him playing quarterback, and what does he do? First team, all sky at the quarterback spot. 
2019 transitions becomes a, a first team all big sky linebacker played in 10 games 11 and a half tackles for loss six and a half sacks uh, we know what happened in 2020 with covid they didn't play but in 2021 national defensive player of the year for fcs and a dude who just absolutely blew up 150 tackles which was the fifth more in a season in, in bobcat school history posted a season high 17 tackles against idaho and had at least 10 eight times uh, you know, a, a dude, look, FCS All-American, just absolutely ridiculous. And when you think about his career, he finished ninth in school history in rushing yards with over 2,200. And then 33 touchdowns, which ranged him second for the Bobcats, and sixth in 100-yard rushing games with 11. So a, a dude who absolutely blew it up on the offensive side of the football. Then he transitions to defense, and I'm telling you, 150 tackles, that's mind-boggling in and of itself. And then... You realize that he also was a punter. Punted four times, 36 and a half yards per, per punt. So we're, we're not expecting him to ultimately blow up as a, as a punter by any means. But definitely a guy, it just speaks to the level of athleticism for this guy. And somebody who just, you know, I think his ability, you know, he played quarterback, he played running back. So he understands you know, what to look for, his keys, and be able to react quickly uh, to the football. We even saw in uh, at the Senior Bowl, he struggled at times, you know, trying to, to pick up the speed of, of the game. But you watched him, he was in the right place, you know, in the right position or moving to the right position to be there and so I think this is a guy who's just going to continue to develop and continue to, to play uh, at a high level and, and could eventually turn into a star at the next level look 14 tackles for loss a guy who also uh, you know had a couple of sacks and uh, a fumble recovery a couple of interceptions and um, seven pass breakups so definitely a guy who is multifaceted and when I look at him and, and what would be the best fit I'm looking at the Raiders at 86 overall and when you talk about the, the Las Vegas Raiders you know this is their very first pick and I think they really want to make a splash with their first pick and when you look at that linebacker spot they've got Denzel Perriman and uh, Patrick Omwasser uh, they're on the middle of that line of that defense then you have you know Divine Diablo Kyle Wilbur they, they need to address that linebacker spot and, and whether you play Anderson inside outside uh, you just get him on the football field and you let him do his thing and uh, I think the Raiders would definitely be excited to get a player of his caliber there in round number three and uh, keep an eye out for Troy Anderson uh, just so much fun to watch and then Staying in round three, we're going to then move to the Tennessee Titans at number 90 overall. And I'm talking about Brian Asamoa out of Oklahoma. Six foot, 226 pounds. And this is a guy basically see ball, go get ball. Uh, you know, absolutely flies around to the football. Uh, and somebody, look, you know, when he drops into coverage, you know, one of the, the top guys there in the Big 12 at, at the linebacker position, uh, keeping guys out of the end zone from coverage. Uh, 80 tackles this past season, three and a half going for loss and a sack. But this was a dude, again, a guy that played sideline to sideline and uh, someone, I think, for Tennessee, if they don't end up going with N'Kobe Dean in, in round number one, you can wait until round three and get a guy of Brian Osamoa's caliber, a guy that I think could be a day one starter at the next level. Which takes us to Darian Beavers out of Cincinnati. Number 100 overall, I'm looking at the Baltimore Ravens. Beavers is 6'4", 237 pounds. He really gives off Zayvon Collins vibes. And what I mean by that is this is a guy that was a big dude. You know, he was playing at over 250 pounds. He slimmed down a little bit. Uh, but the athleticism is absolutely ridiculous, uh, which allows him to play sideline to sideline, drop into coverage, blitz the quarterback a little bit as well. And, uh, you know, 36 and a half inch vertical leap, 
three cone drill at a 6.91. Um, so definitely very athletic. And you know, if you've seen him on Twitter, this dude was throwing down some ridiculous 360 dunks. And that was you know when he was much heavier at that 250 pound uh, playing weight. Started his career at UConn, came to Cincinnati uh, for his final three seasons. And this past year, 98 tackles, 11 going for loss, four sacks, uh, an interception and uh, a pass break, a couple of forced fumbles, and uh, a couple of fumble recoveries as well. So, you know, not quite the impact that David Collins made for the Tulsa Golden Hurricane, but definitely a guy who you can play. He's a three-down linebacker, and you can play him pretty much, you know, just about anywhere, and I think he'll be productive. Uh, which then takes us to day number three. And again, day three, just because you're drafted on day three doesn't mean a whole lot because, uh, you know, there are guys we know... Uh, that emerge as playmakers having been drafted on day three. And look, for, for NFL franchises, this is really where they make their their money, You know where they separate themselves from other franchises. Because if you can find some gems on day three, that's really what builds that roster and solidifies things and really what sets the, the, the good franchises apart from those that have been struggling. And so when you look at, at linebacker in round number four, I'm looking at the, Lo- the Los Angeles Chargers. They need linebacker help. And Brandon Smith out of Penn State, 6'3", 250 pounds, a guy who could easily come off the board uh, on day two. I've seen some people even mocking him as high as, as early round two. I, I think that might be a little too rich for my blood. Uh, but Brandon Smith, regardless, tremendous athlete, 6'3", 250 pounds, 4'5", at the combine, 37 and a half inch vertical leap. A guy that uh, Penn State just had a lot of really good, good linebackers. Uh, from Jesse Lucchetta to Ellis Brooks. And then obviously you had Arnold Abichetti, the, the defensive end, getting after the quarterback. Uh, but 81 tackles, nine going for loss, two sacks, and then those five pass breakups. A guy that showed that he was able to drop into coverage a little bit, showed really good ball skills from that linebacker spot. And when you talk about the, the Los Angeles Chargers and what they need at that linebacker position, uh, you know, Kazir White is gone. You've got Drew Tranquil. You've got Kenneth Murray. And that's about it at, at that inside backer spot. Uh, you know, Uchenna Nwosu, we also know, is gone as well. So, you know, they really need to shore up that linebacker position. And I think Brandon Smith has the versatility, likely an inside backer. I think he could also play outside if he needed him to. So this is uh, definitely a good win for the Chargers there. In round number four, that's at 123 overall. Uh, moving on from that pick, there's only one other linebacker that I have coming off the board in round four, and that's Damone Clark. Number 141 overall to the Baltimore Ravens. And you'll ask, well, you already had somebody else going to the Ravens. Why are you doing two picks here? And I'll tell you why. You've got uh, Patrick Queen um, kind of playing that that will. Uh, Josh Bynes was re-signed, but you know, I, I just I, I don't have a lot of confidence in Josh Bynes. I think when you bring in a guy like like uh, Darian Beavers, that really just kind of rounds out your linebacking core. It provides some depth there. I, I think Queen playing alongside Beavers and Clark. Uh, ultimately will be that, that linebacking group, even though they did re-sign Josh Bynes. I think that'll ultimately be the future of that linebacking position. And, and Damone Clark, look, tremendous athlete. 6'2", 239 pounds. Um, you know, a guy who ran a 4.57 at the combine, 36.5-inch vertical leap. Dude that can uh, throw up, uh, I, I think his best bench press was 405, squatted 605, according to Bruce Feldman. Uh, I, I love that freaks list that comes out every year. That's always a lot of fun to, to check out. Uh, but uh, Damone Clark, you know, definitely a, a, the leader of that 
LSU defense. And uh, this past season was just a phenomenal uh, a tackling machine. 135 tackles on the year, 15 going for loss, five and a half sacks as well. Definitely a guy that plays well sideline to sideline, takes really good angles to the football, reliable tackler, but he has that, that spinal fusion surgery that he had to have, so that's really a big concern. A guy that I think would have come off the board uh, on day two, depending on how the medicals check out, he could come off some team's board altogether, but I, I think at the end of the day, what makes the most sense for me is, is round four feels like, like the perfect fit for Damone Clark, and I think the Ravens would be a nice pick. Uh, you know, Green Bay could also end up targeting Damone Clark, uh, especially if the medicals check out. Uh, you know, Green Bay, you look at that inside backer position, they do have Devondre Clark. Uh, you know, you got Chris Barnes in there, Ty Summers. I think they could add some more speed, especially with Oren Burks leaving. So that would be a nice fit as well. Uh, Green Bay taking uh, Damone Clark there in round number four. They have one pick ahead of them at one no number 140 overall. So there's always a chance that we'd see him come off the board uh, you know, there at the end of round number four either way. So we'll transition to round number five, and this is really where I think the sweet spot's going to be for this uh, this draft is is in round five, and uh, a lot of guys to, to kind of choose from here. But uh, I'm looking at Demarco Jackson out of Appalachian State, uh, 6'1", 233 pounds, the leader of that Mountaineer defense, and uh, I think a guy that people didn't really talk about a whole lot throughout the season and flying under the radar 119 tackles 20 going for loss six sacks five pass breakups a dude that just filled up the stat sheet and when you want put the game film on you just saw 52 flying around making plays and if i'm a team sitting there at the top of round number five like the carolina panthers you got the pick from jacksonville and you look at carolina's linebacking core you know, this could be a match made in heaven because, look, you know, Jermaine Carter is a free agent. He's not being brought back, but they did bring in Damian Wilson. I think you need to add depth to that linebacking core. You just have Shaq Thompson, Damian Wilson, Corey Littleton, and then obviously, you know, Frankie Louvu was brought in. You've got Kamal Martin, but, not, you know, nothing to really write home at that linebacker spot. And I think with, with DeMarco Jackson, he's a guy that I think would definitely be a player there at uh, inside backer. Seattle. Look, if they don't end up taking that, you know, if the Kobe Dean's off the books and they don't end up going after an inside backer, I think they could potentially target DeMarco Jackson at number 145, just one pick after Carolina. But, uh, you know, fifth round feels about right. I think this is a guy that's been underrated and uh, somebody that people need to really take notice of. Patriots at number 158 overall. You know, I think there's a good chance that we could see them targeting uh, uh, another linebacker. I think, you know, that that's an area that, that I think has been a weakness of theirs, and so I think that would be a, a a definite spot for this next guy. I think Jacksonville would also be an intriguing spot, and I'm talking about Malcolm Rodriguez there out of Oklahoma State, 5'11", 228 pounds. Yes, I know that he's undersized, but this dude is a football player. He understands angles, converted safety, ran a 4'5", 240, 39 and a half inch vertical leap. And he's an absolute tackling machine. When I, when I say you're talking about angles, you watch him, uh, and he's already making a break to uh, to make a play on the football, uh, understanding where the running back's going to be, and uh, doesn't get outflanked very often. Uh, you know, a guy that's going to come downhill and just wrap guys up. Uh, Two-time, hundred-plus uh, tackle guy, and uh, 129 tackles this past season. 16 going for loss, three sacks. Uh, four pass breakups, four forced fumbles. This dude is a ball hawk. Two interceptions, 11 pass breakups, 13 forced fumbles, four fumble recoveries, 
Two total touchdowns for this guy on the defensive side of the football. Also has 408 tackles to his credit. He's, he's just a football player. He's a guy that we're going to be talking about later on, I believe, as a guy that kind of flew under the radar. How do we miss out on, on Malcolm Rodriguez? And so that's why I have him going to the Patriots. Um, you know, I think the Patriots, you know, we've seen that Bill Belichick likes to double up on positions. And uh, when I look at Malcolm Rodriguez, this is a dude who just feels like a Bill Belichick type of guy. Um, I, I mentioned, you know, Jacksonville could potentially be a home there, uh, possibly Minnesota, even Dallas, uh, you know, Philly. And I'm just kind of going up that, you know, that. That, that whole corridor there from about 152 with Denver, 153 with Seattle, and then Philly, Dallas, Minnesota, Jacksonville, New England. I think that could potentially be the sweet spot there for Malcolm Rodriguez in round number five. Which takes us to Jojo Doman out of Nebraska. 6'1", 228 pounds. Another guy who's a converted safety, but uh, you know, a good athlete and a guy that has pretty good range. Ran a 4'6", 240 at the combine, so not overly explosive. Uh, just 30 and 3 8 inch arms, so really, really short arms, which I think is going to hurt him a little bit when you're talking about dropping into coverage. But a guy, look, over 200 tackles in his career, 26 and a half going for loss, so he definitely likes to play downhill. Uh, three interceptions, 15 pass breakups, nine forced fumbles in his career. A guy that I think can play those linebackers. I think what he does, you know, is that, that recovery speed, uh, being able to get a hand in to make a play on the football despite those those shorter arms. And, and when I look at him, you know, really what, what's been kind of the right fit, it seems like for me, is those New York Jets. 163 overall. Uh, you know, I, I kind of mentioned them a little bit earlier. When you talk about the Jets, you've got C.J. Mosley there on the roster at the middle backer. Uh, you know, Jared Davis is gone. Uh, so you've got Quincy Williams. There's Hamsan Nazaruddin uh, on, on the roster there as well. Uh, so I, I think when you're talking about filling in some of those linebackers, the fact that Jojo Doman has experience at safety uh, you know, is going to help when you're talking about guys dropping into coverage. Uh, so I think that makes some sense there for the New York Jets. So staying in round number five, got another one for you. And I'm looking at Terrell Bernard out of Baylor. And Terrell Bernard, look, this was a guy, he was bit by the injury bug, um, but definitely a guy that I think is, is a playmaker. He's 6'1", 222 pounds. Uh, you know, at the, at the combine, didn't run the 40, but put up 225, 22 times. Uh, 35 uh, and a half inch vertical leap as well. So he's got some of that lower body explosiveness. But this is a guy for me, uh, I, I love the range. I, I think he, he has an ability to uh, make plays behind the line of scrimmage, both getting after the quarterback and uh, in the run game, can drop into coverage a little bit as well. Um, I think the medicals need to check out in terms of those injuries. But look, two-time, you know, 100-plus tackle seasons, uh, had 112 there as a sophomore, really expecting a big year from him. Then he gets the injury, only plays in five games in 2020, but rebounds with another 100 tackle season, 103 total, 12 and a half tackles for loss, seven and a half sacks, had 16 and a half sacks in his career for the Baylor Bears, uh, seven pass breakups, three interceptions as well. This is a guy that I think is, is going to come in, and uh, I'm looking at the, the Vegas Raiders. I mentioned them earlier. I already talked about them with uh, you know Troy Anderson, but again, you know Divine Diablo, Kyle Wilbur, uh, Markel Lee, they, they just don't feel like guys that really get you excited at that linebacker position and I think you know if you're Vegas you're gonna be looking to guy at guys who can come in there and be three down linebackers you know they did bring in Jayon Brown uh, Kyler Fackrell's also on the roster as well so that kind of fits into uh, you know some of the athleticism there that they're trying to rebuild at that linebacker position um, so 
I think you continue to add that depth. You continue to find guys that can stay on the football field. And as long as the medicals check out with Terrell Bernard, I think fifth round makes a lot of sense to me. Buffalo sitting there at 168 overall. Uh, I think I think this could come down to a couple of guys. You know, I really like Zacoby McLean, but I think McLean's probably going to come off the board probably around later. So I'm looking at a guy by the name of Aaron Hansford. And, and Aaron Hansford came out of Texas A&M, and this is a guy who can drop into coverage. And, uh, you know, I, I think he and, and Chance Campbell, who we're going to be talking about here in just a moment, uh, are two of the linebackers who – uh, I think Pro Football Focus had a stat where they had the most coverage snaps without an, uh, without a touchdown given up in the SEC at the linebacker position. So, you know, when you look at him, uh, 89 tackles this past season, eight and a half going for loss, two sacks, four pass breakups, and, uh, you know, I think he, he definitely has a nose for the football, but a guy you like to have those linebackers who can drop into coverage. 6'2", 239 pounds, put up 225, 24 times there at the combine as well, so he's got some strength to him. And uh, I'm looking at the Buffalo Bills um, sitting there at number 168 overall, and what I like there with, with the Bills is obviously you already have uh, Tremaine Edmonds and, and Matt Milano there at the linebacker position, but uh, he's another depth piece. I think could be that number three linebacker there for the Bills when it's all said and done. And then finally, one more linebacker here in round number five, and I'm looking at Chance Campbell. They're out of Mississippi. He's 6'2", 232, 4'5", 7'40", and uh, you know, a guy that started his career at Maryland ultimately decides he wants to go play for uh, Lane Kiffin. And uh, I thought it was really a, a good move, a smart move, getting to play in the SEC, uh, 109 tackles on the year, uh, 12 and a half going for loss, six sacks. Uh, you know, shows that that instinctive play, a guy that's going to come downhill for you, a guy that I think can drop a little bit as well, show some of that, that lateral agility to him. And uh, ultimately, when I look at it, I'm looking at the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they're at 176 overall. And I think when you talk about Dallas and you're talking about that linebacker position, um, you know, adding depth pieces, you have Leighton Vander Esch there. Um, you know, Keanu Neal is, is no longer on the roster. You've got Jabril Cox. Obviously, you've got Micah Parsons there in the middle. But I, I think adding some depth pieces there at that linebacker position. And, uh, you know, I think depending on what you do with Micah Parsons, ultimately, if he ends up, you know, moving to some of the edge positions and things like that, um, I, I think Chance Campbell could absolutely be one of those guys who could fill in there. Um, on, you know, middle backer, you know, if you ended up deciding to, to flip the script a little bit, run with an odd man front, he can come in and be another inside backer for you as well. Um, I just, I like Ch Chance Campbell. I love the athleticism there at the inside backer spot. I think that'd be a great pick there in round number five. Now we move to round six. I'm looking at the Houston Texans there at 183 overall. And I think the Houston Texans, when you look at their linebacking group, uh, you know, they've got Christian Kirksey and Blake Cashman, guys that I think will play on the you know the inside of that, that linebacking core. You've got Jalen Reeves-Maben, who you brought in as well from the Lions. But I think they need to continue to add more depth at that linebacker position. And I'm looking at Zacoby McLean. I mentioned him earlier. Uh, you know, Zacoby McLean, an undersized linebacker, but really a, one of those new age backers. He's 5'11", 228 pounds, ran a 4 Six nine forty at the combine, but this is a dude who just he racks up tackles. You know, and this was, you know, he, he played against, you know, some uh, played behind some formidable fronts there for the Auburn Tigers, and he flew around and cleaned up. You know, in 2020, 113 tackles this past season, followed that up with another 95, 19 in tackles for loss, five and a half sacks in his career. 
eight pass breakups as well. Had a 100-yard interception return for a touchdown as a sophomore. Four forced fumbles as well. Guy who has just a nose for the football. So I think Houston, it'd behoove them if, if Zacoby McLean is sitting there on the board in round number six. He's a guy that I definitely want to target. Um, moving on from there, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at, at some other guys that... Uh, could potentially make some sense here in round number six. And uh, I'm looking again at the Bills. I think uh, continuing to add some of the, the depth there. And I'm looking at Micah McFadden. Micah McFadden feels like a guy that could, could come in there and be nasty for the Bills. Uh, he's 6'1", 240 pounds, a guy who you know has some pretty good athleticism there at that middle linebacker position for the, the Indiana Hoosiers. Really was the heart and soul of uh, Indiana's defense, and a guy, look, you know, had 77 tackles this past season, back-to-back uh, seasons with uh, at least 10 tackles for loss, had 15 and a half this past season, six and a half sacks, so that's two straight seasons with at least six sacks, and then three pass breakups as well, four interceptions in his career, a guy who just has a nose for the football, and I think he just, he would make some sense just adding a, another depth piece, look, the Bills already have a pretty stacked roster, so just adding some depth there behind, uh, you know, the likes of, of Edmonds and uh, Matt Milano would make a ton of sense at, at some point for the Bills. Um, so staying in round number six, uh, looking at the Detroit Lions again, I think potentially looking at that 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 linebacking core. And when I again, you talk about Detroit, I think they need to get pass rush help. And when I look at them, you know, I have Jeremiah Moon in with the linebackers instead of the edge rushers. He really is a true edge rusher. But when you look at Jeremiah Moon, 6'5", 245 pounds, 4'7", 640, also a 40 and a half inch vertical leap. So we know that this guy has some lower body explosiveness to him. And, uh, you know, a guy that I think uh, when you look at the Lions, they need to get some help for, for Charles Harris coming off the edge. And uh, this is a guy, you know, I, I think... 49 tackles, just a couple of, uh, of sacks, but definitely a guy can use that athleticism coming off the edge, a guy that I think can drop into coverage a little bit as well. I think at the end of round number six makes a lot of sense at number 220 overall. Uh, they can get Jeremiah Moon and be happy with that selection. Uh, round number seven, I actually have three linebackers coming off the board to close things out. And I'm looking at Kansas City. I think they need to get some depth behind Nick Bolton and Willie Gay. And I'm looking at Ellis Brooks out of Penn State. Uh, this was a guy that I thought played really well at, at the inside backer position uh, for the Nittany Lions. 100 tackles this past season. Uh, just three and a half going for loss. But this was a dude who I thought was instinctive. I thought that he played well laterally. Uh, a guy who may only be a two-down backer, but uh, someone who I think could ultimately build into, I think, a good special teams player. And I think he could be a good role player playing behind uh, you know, the likes of Bolton and, and Willie Gay. Um, I, I think that could definitely make some sense there in round number seven. And then continuing on, um, how about Mike Rose? And, and Mike Rose, to me, you know, they're at uh, Iowa State. Uh, reminds me a little bit of AJ Klein. This was a dude who was just a tackling machine and uh, a guy who I had among my top linebackers uh, for quite a while. Uh, you know, he's just—he's a big dude. 324 tackles in his career, 41 going for loss, eight and a half sacks, six interceptions, eight pass breakups. And, and I'll tell you what—at one point, I actually had him going to the Bills uh, because you know he feels like a Tyler Matakavich, AJ Klein type of a player. 6'4", 245 pounds. A big dude, 
And, uh, you know, uh, how about the Chargers? You know, they're sitting there at 236 overall. And then they also have picks later on at 254, 255. I think one of those picks could be used on another linebacker. And again, I mentioned them with that linebacking group, uh, you know, really needing some playmakers, especially with Kazir White and Uchenna Nwosu gone. You have Drew Tranquil, you have Ken uh, Kenneth Murray, but you need to add some additional pieces there. And I think Mike Rose could be one of those guys for the Bolts late in round number seven. My final linebacker is going to be Jack Sanborn there out of Wisconsin. I have him going number 261 overall, which is not Mr. Irrelevant, but one just ahead of that final pick in the draft. Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the board there. Jack Sanborn, 6'2", 234 pounds. And why do I have him going to Tampa? Well, I just think adding some depth there at that inside backer position. You've got, you know, Devin White, you've got Levante David, and, uh, you know, K.J. Britt, Grant Stewart, get some additional linebackers in there. I think this is a guy who could also stick, if nothing else, as a potential uh, special teams player. But what I love about, about Jack Sanborn is the dude just has a nose for the football. And uh, you know he, he was the guy that did a lot of the dirty work, even though you know, Leo Chanel was the number one dude there. Jack Sanborn had a pretty solid season. You know I remember that sophomore year uh, there at Wisconsin, 80 tackles, 9 uh, nine tackles for loss five and a half sacks three interceptions uh to go along with with three pass breakups as well veteran presence on that defense follows that up his, his senior season in, in 2021 89 tackles 16 going for loss five sacks as well a guy that liked to shoot through the a gap quite a bit uh to put some pressure on the quarterback but look had a nose for the football really a good job you know not only utilizing angles but uh you know just understanding what he saw in front of him, reading his keys, slipping blocks, and making plays behind the line of scrimmage against the run. Um, I think Tampa, look, you know, adding depth pieces. Look, they picked up Grant Stewart at the end of uh, end of the draft before. I think they could possibly catch lightning in a bottle and get, get Jackson Bourne as well. Uh, a couple of guys drafted at the end of the draft who could still stick around and make a roster spot there for uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So those are the linebackers. And again, when we look at that linebacking core, uh, you know, I threw in a couple of extra guys. So I'm actually looking at 25 total you know, true linebackers, um, which is actually five more than what we had in 2021. Um, you know, 2020, we had 30 linebackers come off the board. So, uh, and in 2018, we actually had 35 with 16 linebackers drafted in, in rounds six and seven. I don't see that amount of depth here with this linebacking core. But again, uh, if you're scoring at home, I had two coming off the board in round one. If you count N'Kobe Dean, then there's another three in round two, five in round number three, uh, just two in round four. But then in round five, I had six. I had in round seven, I had another uh, one, two, three, four, and then three in round number seven. So adding up there to our, our 25. And then if you also want to add in the linebackers who are our edge rushers, I had another 12. And those were the guys that we talked about in last podcast. David Ojabo really coming off the board there in round number two. Then you've got Nick Benito, D'Angelo Malone, Alex Wright, uh, Kingsley Anikbare and Drake Jackson coming off the board in round number three. Day three, you've got Jesse Lucetta, Dominique Robinson in round four, Amari Barno in round five, and then round seven, James Houston out of James Madison. Uh, Kyron Johnson, I think, is going to get drafted there out of Kansas. Uh, and then Trey Williams out of Arkansas. 
rounding things out at that linebacker position. So if you want to count the edge rushers at linebacker along with this group, then you're talking about uh, you know 25 and 12. So you're looking at 37 total guys playing that linebacker position in some way, shape, or form. Um, so we've got really a, a solid group overall. I think, again, day two into day three is really going to be the strength of this group where you're going to find a lot of depth. But uh, you know, I think the class of the true linebackers is going to be Devin Lloyd when it's all said and done. So these are the linebackers. We're going to be talking about the secondary in our next podcast, uh, our last of the six podcasts in six days, breaking down the positions where I see these players coming off the board and then getting into my final mock draft. That's really where we're going to be talking about where I see this draft heading. Could there be potential trades? Obviously, I'm not going to be mocking any trades. I never do that. But where do I see the best fit? What makes the most sense? When are the quarterbacks going to come off the board? Do we see more than two come off the board at some point? Do we see teams trade back into round number one? Or are they patient and they wait for round number two to take the other quarterbacks? Um, I think we will see at least two quarterbacks in round number one. Not sure if we're going to see any more than that right now. Um, are there going to be any running backs in round in round number one? Likely not. Brees Hall is probably your guy, possibly to the Bills or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But we'll get into some of that conversation as well. So not only are we going to talk about my mock draft, but then we'll also talk about some of the things that I'm really seeing happen and, and what's going to be playing out. So I have at least one more podcast after tomorrow's podcast talking about my mock draft. But we'll probably also have one final podcast that just ties everything together and what to expect when it's all said and done on April 28th and beyond. But I really hope everyone's getting excited for the draft, as excited as I am. This is one of my favorite times of year. I'm like a kid in a candy store. Uh, you know, We're about ready to get full speed ahead into draft week. Are there going to be any trades? That's going to be another question. And if there are trades, whether it's Debo Samuel getting traded or Baker Mayfield getting traded, that can completely blow up any mock draft that you have. So we may end up having an emergency podcast if one of those deals goes down to talk about the repercussions. And really, I'll have to then get in and try to fix my, my mock draft before the 28th. So a lot to really think about and really talk about. So until then... This has been the Ready for the Draft podcast. Check out readyforthedraft.com for my mock draft and my rankings. I've been your host, Greg Schutz. Take care, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And until next time, I am out of here.